7. Disappearance. The theory of the prospectiva di perdimenti would, in many important details, be quite unintelligible if it had not been led up by the principles of light and shade on which it is based. The word prospectiva in the language of the time included the principles of optics, what Leonardo understood by perdimenti will be clearly seen in the early chapters. NOS 222-224. It is in the very nature of the case that the farther explanations given in the subsequent chapters must be limited to general rules. The sections given as 227-231, on indistinctness at short distances, have, it is true, only on indirect bearing on the subject, but on the other hand, the following chapters, 232-234, on indistinctness at great distances, go fully into the matter, and in chapters 235-239, which treat of the importance of light and shade in the perspective of disappearance, the practical issues are distinctly insisted on in their relation to the theory. This is naturally followed by the statements as to the effect of light or dark backgrounds on the apparent size of bodies, NOS, 240-250. At the end I have placed, in the order of the original, those sections from the Missy which treat of the perspective of disappearance and serve to some extent to complete the treatment of the subject 251-262. Definition 222-223-222 of the diminished distinctness of the outlines of opaque bodies. If the real outlines of opaque bodies are indistinguishable at even a very short distance, they will be more so at long distances, and, since it is by its outlines that we are able to know the real form of any opaque body, when by its remoteness we fail to discern it as a whole, much more must we fail to discern its parts and outlines. 223. Of the diminution in perspective of opaque objects. Among opaque objects of equal size the apparent diminution of size will be in proportion to their distance from the eye of the spectator, but it is an inverse proportion, since, where the distance is greater, the opaque body will appear smaller, and the less the distance the larger will the object appear, and this is the fundamental principle of linear perspective and it follows, every object as it becomes more remote loses first those parts which are smallest, thus of the horse, we should lose the legs before the head because the legs are thinner than the head, and the neck before the body for the same reason. Hence it follows that the last part of the horse which would be discernible by the eye would be the mass of the body in an oval form, or rather in a cylindrical form and this would lose its apparent thickness before its length according to the second rule given above. And see, if the eye remains stationary the perspective terminates in the distance in a point. But if the eye moves in a straight horizontal line the perspective terminates in a line and the reason is that this line is generated by the motion of the point and our sight, therefore it follows that as we move our sight eye, the point moves, and as we move the point, the line is generated, and see, an illustration by experiment, 224, every visible body, in so far as it affects the eye, includes three attributes, that is to say, mass, form and color, and the mass is recognizable at a greater distance from the place of its actual existence than either color or form. Again, color is discernible at a greater distance than form, but this law does not apply to luminous bodies. The above proposition is plainly shown and proved by experiment, because, if you see a man close to you, you discern the exact appearance of the mass and of the form and also of the coloring, if he goes to some distance you will not recognize who the island because the character of the details will disappear. If he goes still farther you will not be able to distinguish his coloring, but he will appear as a dark object, 
and still farther he will appear as a very small dark rounded object. It appears rounded because distance so greatly diminishes the various details that nothing remains visible but the larger mass. And the reason is this, we know very well that all the images of objects reach the senses by a small aperture in the eye, hence, if the whole horizon AD is admitted through such an aperture, the object PC being but a very small fraction of this horizon what space can it fill in that minute image of so vast a hemisphere, and because luminous bodies have more power in darkness than any others, it is evident that, as the chamber of the eye is very dark, as is the nature of all colored cavities, the images of distant objects are confused and lost in the great light of the sky, and if they are visible at all, appear dark and black, as every small body must when seen in the diffused light of the atmosphere. A guiding rule, 225, of the atmosphere that interposes between the eye and visible objects, an object will appear more or less distinct at the same distance, in proportion as the atmosphere existing between the eye and that object is more or less clear. Hence, as I know that the greater or less quantity of the air that lies between the eye and the object makes the outlines of that object more or less indistinct, you must diminish the definiteness of outline of those objects in proportion to their increasing distance from the eye of the spectator. An experiment. 226. When I was once in a place on the sea, at an equal distance from the shore and the mountains, the distance from the shore looked much greater than that from the mountains. On indistinctness at short distances to 27, to 31, 227. If you place an opaque object in front of your eye at a distance of four fingers breadth, if it is smaller than the space between the two eyes it will not interfere with your seeing anything that may be beyond it. No object situated beyond another object seen by the eye can be concealed by this nearer object if it is smaller than the space from eye to eye. 228. The eye cannot take in a luminous angle which is too close to it. 229. That part of a surface will be better lighted on which the light falls at the greater angle, and that part, on which the shadow falls at the greatest angle, will receive from those rays least of the benefit of the light. 230. Of the eye. The edges of an object placed in front of the pupil of the eye will be less distinct in proportion as they are closer to the eye. This is shown by the edge of the object placed in front of the pupil. In looking at this edge the pupil also sees all the space to see which is beyond the edge, and the images the eye receives from that space are mingled with the images of the edge, so that one image confuses the other, and this confusion hinders the pupil from distinguishing the edge. 231. The outlines of objects will be least clear when they are nearest to the eye, and therefore remoter outlines will be clearer. Among objects which are smaller than the pupil of the eye those will be less distinct which are nearer to the eye. On indistinctness at great distances to 3 2, to 3 4, 232. Objects near to the eye will appear larger than those at a distance. Objects seen with two eyes will appear rounder than if they are seen with only one. Objects seen between light and shadow will show the most relief. 233. Of painting. Our true perception of an object diminishes in proportion as its size is diminished by distance. 234. Perspective. Why objects seen at a distance appear large to the eye and in the image on the vertical plane they appear small. Perspective. I ask how far away the eye can discern a non-luminous body. As, for instance, a mountain. It will be very plainly visible if the sun is behind it, and could be seen at a greater or less distance according to the sun's place in the sky. Footnote. The clue to the solution of this problem lines 1-3 is given in lines 4-6. Number 232. 
objects seen with both eyes appear solid since they are seen from two distinct points of sight separated by the distance between the eyes, but this solidity cannot be represented in a flat drawing. Compare number 535. The importance of light and shade in the perspective of disappearance to 35, to 39, 235. An opaque body seen in a line in which the light falls will reveal no prominences to the eye. For instance, let be the solid body and the light, CM and CN will be the lines of incidence of the light. That is to say the lines which transmit the light to the object, the eye being at the point. I say that since the light falls on the whole part M and the portions in relief on that side will all be illuminated. Hence the eye placed at cannot see any light and shade and, not seeing it, every portion will appear of the same tone. Therefore the relief in the prominent or rounded parts will not be visible. 236. Of painting. When you represent in your work shadows which you can only discern with difficulty, and of which you cannot distinguish the edges so that you apprehend them confusedly. You must not make them sharp or definite lest your work should have a wooden effect. 237. Of painting. You will observe in drawing that among the shadows some are of a distinguishable gradation and form, as is shown in the third proposition which says, rounded surfaces display as many degrees of light and shade as there are varieties of brightness and darkness reflected from the surrounding objects. 238. Of light and shade. You who draw from nature, look carefully at the extent the degree, and the form of the lights and shadows on each muscle, and in their position lengthwise observe towards which muscle the axis of the central line is directed. 239. An object which is so brilliantly illuminated as to be almost as bright as light will be visible at a greater distance, and of larger apparent size than is natural to objects so remote. The effect of light or dark backgrounds on the apparent size of objects 240-250-240. A shadow will appear dark in proportion to the brilliancy of the light surrounding it and conversely it will be less conspicuous where it is seen against a darker background. 241. Of ordinary perspective. An object of equal breadth and color throughout. Seen against a background of various colors will appear unequal in breadth. And if an object of equal breadth throughout, but of various colors, is seen against a background of uniform color, that object will appear of various breadth. And the more the colors of the background or of the object seen against the ground vary, the greater will be apparent variations in the breadth be though the objects seen against the ground be of equal breadth throughout. 242. A dark object seen against a bright background will appear smaller than it is. A light object will look larger when it is seen against a background darker than itself. 243. Of light. A luminous body when obscured by a dense atmosphere will appear smaller, as may be seen by the moon or sun veiled by mists, of light, of several luminous bodies of equal size and brilliancy and at an equal distance, that will look the largest which is surrounded by the darkest background, of light, I find that any luminous body when seen through a dense and thick mist diminishes in proportion to its distance from the eye, thus it is with the sun by day, as well as the moon and the other eternal lights by night, and when the air is clear, these luminaries appear larger in proportion as they are farther from the eye. 244. That portion of a body of uniform breadth which is against a lighter background will look narrower than the rest, is a given object, itself dark and of uniform breadth, a B and C D are two backgrounds one darker than the other, B C is a bright background, as it might be a spot lighted by the sun through an aperture in a dark room, 
then I say that the object EG will appear larger at EF than at GH, because EF has a darker background than GH, and again at FG it will look narrower from being seen by the eye. On the light background BC footnote 12, the diagram to which the text, lines 111, refers, is placed in the original between lines 3 and 4, and is given on place XLI, number 3. Lines 12 to 14 are explained by the lower of the two diagrams on place XLI. Number 4. In the original these are placed after line 14. That part of a luminous body, of equal breadth and brilliancy throughout, will look largest which is seen against the darkest background, and the luminous body will seem on fire. 245. Why bodies in light and shade have their outlines altered by the color and brightness of the objects serving as a background to them. If you look at a body of which the illuminated portion lies and ends against a dark background, that part of the light which will look brightest will be that which lies against the dark background at. But if this brighter part lies against a light background, the edge of the object, which is itself light, will be less distinct than before, and the highest light will appear to be between the limit of the background mf and the shadow. The same thing is seen with regard to the dark side inasmuch as that edge of the shaded portion of the object which lies against a light background, as it, it looks much darker than the rest, but if this shadow lies against a dark background, the edge of the shaded part will appear lighter than before, and the deepest shade will appear between the edge and the light at the point, 246, an opaque body will appear smaller when it is surrounded by a highly luminous background, and a light body will appear larger when it is seen against a darker background, This may be seen in the height of buildings at night. When lightning flashes behind them, it suddenly seems, when it lightens, as though the height of the building were diminished. For the same reason such buildings look larger in a mist, or by night than when the atmosphere is clear and light. 247. On light between shadows when you are drawing any object, remember, in comparing the grades of light in the illuminated portions, that the eye is often deceived by seeing things lighter than they are and the reason lies in our comparing those parts with the contiguous parts, since if two separate parts are in different grades of light and if the less bright is conterminous with a dark portion and the brighter is conterminous with a light background as the sky or something equally bright, then that which is less light, or I should say less radiant, will look the brighter and the brighter will seem the darker. 248. Of objects equally dark in themselves and situated at a considerable and equal distance that will look the darkest which is farthest above the earth. 249. To prove how it is that luminous bodies appear larger, at a distance, than they are, if you place two lighted candles side by side half a braccio apart, and go from them to a distance 200 brassia you will see that by the increased size of each they will appear as a single luminous body with the light of the two flames, one braccio wide. To prove how you may see the real size of luminous bodies, If you wish to see the real size of these luminous bodies, take a very thin board and make it a hole no bigger than the tag of a lace and place it as close to your eye as possible, so that when you look through this hole, at the said light, you can see a large space of air round it. Then by rapidly moving this board backwards and forwards before your eye you will see the light increase and diminish. Propositions on Perspective of Disappearance from the C250-262-250 of several bodies of equal size and equally distant from the eye. Those will look the smallest which are against the lightest background. Every visible object must be surrounded by light and shade, 
a perfectly spherical body surrounded by light and shade will appear to have one side larger than the other in proportion as one is more highly lighted than the other. 251. Perspective. No visible object can be well understood and comprehended by the human eye excepting from the difference of the background against which the edges of the object terminate and by which they are bounded, and no object will appear to stand out separate from that background so far as the outlines of its borders are concerned. The moon, though it is at a great distance from the sun day when, in an eclipse, it comes between our eyes and the sun day appears to the eyes of men to be close to the sun and affixed to it because the sun is then the background to the moon. 252. A luminous body will appear more brilliant in proportion as it is surrounded by deeper shadow. 253. The straight edges of a body will appear broken when they are conterminous with a dark space streaked with rays of light. 254. Of several bodies, all equally large and equally distant, that which is most brightly illuminated will appear to the eye nearest and largest. 255. If several luminous bodies are seen from a great distance although they are really separate they will appear united as one body. 256. If several objects in shadow, standing very close together, are seen against a bright background they will appear separated by wide intervals. 257. Of several bodies of equal size and tone, that which is farthest will appear the lightest and smallest. 258. Of several objects equal in size brightness of background and length that which has the flattest surface will look the largest. A bar of iron equally thick throughout and of which half is red hot, affords an example, for the red hot part looks thicker than the rest. 259. Of several bodies of equal size and length, and alike in form and in depth of shade, that will appear smallest which is surrounded by the most luminous background. 260. Different portions of the wall surface will be darker or brighter in proportion as the light or shadow falls on them at a larger angle. The foregoing proposition can be clearly proved in this way. Let us say that MQ is the luminous body, then FG will be the opaque body, and let E be the above-mentioned plane on which the said angles fall, showing plainly the nature and character of their bases, then, will be more luminous than the base of the angle is larger than that of and it therefore makes a greater angle which will be a MQ, and the pyramid BPM will be narrower and MOC will be still finer, and so on by degrees, in proportion as they are nearer to, the pyramids will become narrower and darker, that portion of the wall will be the darkest where the breadth of the pyramid of shadow is greater than the breadth of the pyramid of light, at the point the pyramid of light is equal in strength to the pyramid of shadow, because the base FG is equal to the base RF, at the point the pyramid of light is narrower than the pyramid of shadow by so much as the base SF is less than the base FG divide the foregoing proposition into two diagrams, one with the pyramids of light and shadow, the other with the pyramids of light only. 261. Among shadows of equal depth those which are nearest to the eye will look least deep. 262. The more brilliant the light given by a luminous body, the deeper will the shadows be cast by the objects it illuminates. The theory of colors. Leonardo's theory of colors is even more intimately connected with his principles of light and shade than his perspective of disappearance and is in fact merely an appendix or supplement to those principles, as we gather from the titles to sections 264, 267, and 276, while others again NOS, 281, 282 are headed prospectiva. A very few of these chapters are to be found in the oldest copies and editions of the treatise on painting, 
and although the material they afford is but meager and the connection between them but slight, we must still attribute to them a special theoretical value as well as practical utility all the more so because our knowledge of the theory and use of colors at the time of the Renaissance is still extremely limited. The reciprocal effects of colors on objects placed opposite each other are 263, 272, 263, of painting. The hue of an illuminated object is affected by that of the luminous body. 264, of shadow. The surface of any opaque body is affected by the color of surrounding objects. 265, a shadow is always affected by the color of the surface on which it is cast. 266, an image produced in a mirror is affected by the color of the mirror. 267, of light and shade. Every portion of the surface of a body is varied in hue by the reflected color of the object that may be opposite to it. Example. If you place a spherical body between various objects that is to say with direct sunlight on one side of it, and on the other a wall illuminated by the sun and which wall may be green or of any other color, while the surface on which it is placed may be red, and the two lateral sides are in shadow, you will see that the natural color of that body will assume something of the hue reflected from those objects. The strongest will be given by the luminous body, the second by the illuminated wall, the third by the shadows. There will still be a portion which will take a tint from the color of the edges. 268. The surface of every opaque body is affected by the color of the objects surrounding it. But this effect will be strong or weak in proportion as those objects are more or less remote and more or less strongly colored. 269. Of painting. The surface of every opaque body assumes the hues reflected from surrounding objects. The surface of an opaque body assumes the hues of surrounding objects more strongly in proportion as the rays that form the images of those objects strike the surface at more equal angles. And the surface of an opaque body assumes a stronger hue from the surrounding objects in proportion as that surface is whiter and the color of the object brighter or more highly illuminated. 270. Of the rays which convey through the air the images of objects. All the minutest parts of the image intersect each other without interfering with each other. To prove this let be one of the sides of the whole, opposite to which let be the eye which sees the lower end of the line and oh the other extremity cannot transmit its image to the eye as it has to strike the end and it is the same with regard to at the middle of the line. The case is the same with the upper extremity and the eye. And if the end is red the eye on that side of the holes will not see the green color of, but only the red of according to the seventh of this where it is said, Every form projects images from itself by the shortest line, which necessarily is a straight line, and see, 271, of painting, the surface of a body assumes in some degree the hue of those around it, the colors of illuminated objects are reflected from the surfaces of one to the other in various spots, according to the various positions of those objects, let be a blue object in full light. Facing all by itself the space BC on the white sphere BEDEF and it will give it a blue tinge, is a yellow body reflected onto the space B at the same time as the blue body, and they give it a green color by the second proposition of this which shows that blue and yellow make a beautiful green and see, and the rest will be set forth in the book on painting, in that book it will be shown, that, by transmitting the images of objects and the colors of bodies illuminated by sunlight through a small round perforation and into a dark chamber onto a plain surface, which itself is quite white, and see, but everything will be upside down, combination of different colors in cast shadows, 272, that which casts the shadow does not face it, 
because the shadows are produced by the light which causes and surrounds the shadows. The shadow caused by the light, which is yellow, has a blue tinge, because the shadow of the body is cast upon the pavement at where the blue light falls, and the shadow produced by the light, which is blue, will be yellow at because the yellow light falls there and the surrounding background to these shadows BC will, besides its natural color, assume a hue compounded of yellow and blue, because it is lighted by the yellow light and by the blue light both at once, shadows of various colors, as affected by the lights falling on them, that light which causes the shadow does not face it, footnote, in the original diagram we find in the circle, giolo, yellow and the circle, ezero, blue and also under the circle of shadow to the left, giolo, is written and under that to the right, ezero. In the second diagram wherefore circles are placed in a row we find written, beginning at the left hand, giolo, yellow, ezero, blue, verde, green, rosso, red. The effect of colors in the camera obscura 273, 274, 273. The edges of a color red object transmitted through a small hole are more conspicuous than the central portions. The edges of the images, of whatever color, which are transmitted through a small aperture into a dark chamber will always be stronger than the middle portions. 274. Of the intersections of the images in the pupil of the eye. The intersections of the images as they enter the pupil do not mingle in confusion in the space where that intersection unites them, as is evident. Since. If the rays of the sun pass through two panes of glass in close contact, of which one is blue and the other yellow, the rays, in penetrating them, do not become blue or yellow but a beautiful green, and the same thing would happen in the eye, if the images which were yellow or green should mingle where they meet and intersect as they enter the pupil, as this does not happen such a mingling does not exist, of the nature of the rays composed of the images of objects, and of their intersections. The directness of the rays which transmit the forms and colors of the bodies whence they proceed does not tinge the air nor can they affect each other by contact where they intersect. They affect only the spot where they vanish and cease to exist, because that spot faces and is faced by the original source of these rays, and no other object, which surrounds that original source can be seen by the eye where these rays are cut off and destroyed, leaving there the spoil they have conveyed to it, and this is proved by the fourth proposition on the color of bodies, which says, the surface of every opaque body is affected by the color of surrounding objects, hence we may conclude that the spot which, by means of the rays which convey the image, faces and is faced by the cause of the image, assumes the color of that object, on the colors of derived shadows 275, 276, 275, any shadow cast by an opaque body smaller than the light causing the shadow will throw a derived shadow which is tinged by the color of the light. Let be the source of the shadow EF, it will assume its hue. Let be the source of HE which will in the same way be tinged by its hue and so also the color of the H will be affected by which causes it, and the shadow of the triangles EKY will be affected by the color of, because it is produced by it. In proportion as CD goes into a D will and RS be darker than, and the rest of the space will be shadowless. FG is the highest light, because here the whole light of the window D falls, and thus on the opaque body M is in equally high light. ZKY is a triangle which includes the deepest shadow, because the light of D cannot reach any part of it. XH is the second grade of shadow, because it receives only one three of the light from the window. That is CD the third grade of shadow is HE where two thirds of the light from the window is visible. 
The last grade of shadow is BDEF because the highest grade of light from the window falls at. Footnote, the diagram place III. Number 1 belongs to this chapter as well as the text given in number 148. Lines 711 compare lines 812 of number 148 which are written within the diagram. Evidently apply to both sections and have therefore been inserted in both. 276. Of the colors of simple derived shadows. The color of derived shadows is always affected by that of the body towards which they are cast. To prove this, let an opaque body be placed between the plane SCTD and the blue light DE and the red light of E then I say that DE the blue light will fall on the whole surface SCTD excepting at OP which is covered by the shadow of the body QR as is shown by the straight lines DQOERP. And the same occurs with the light of E which falls on the whole surface SCTD excepting at the spot obscured by the shadow QR, as is shown by the lines DQO and ERP hence we may conclude that the shadow and M is exposed to the blue light DE, but, as the red light of E cannot fall there, and M will appear as a blue shadow on a red background tinted with blue, because on the surface SCTD both lights can fall, but in the shadows only one single light falls, for this reason these shadows are of medium depth, since, if no light whatever mingled with the shadow, it would be of the first degree of darkness and see, but in the shadow at OP the blue light does not fall, because the body cure interposes and intercepts it there, only the red light of E falls there and tinges the shadow of a red hue and so a ruddy shadow appears on the background of mingled red and blue. The shadow of cure at OP is red, being caused by the blue light DE, and the shadow of cure at OP is blue being caused by the red light of E. Hence we say that the blue light in this instance causes a red derived shadow from the opaque body cure, while the red light causes the same body to cast a blue derived shadow, but the primary shadow on the dark side of the body itself is not of either of those hues, but a mixture of red and blue. The derived shadows will be equal in depth if they are produced by lights of equal strength and at an equal distance, this is proved. Footnote, in the original diagram Leonardo has written within the circle QR corporal obroso body in shadow, at the spot marked a luminoso zero blue luminous body, at the luminoso rosso red luminous body. At we red ombrosa red blue tinted shadow and at the ombrosa red tinted shadow. On the nature of colors 277, 278, 277. No white or black is transparent. 278. Of painting. Since white is not a color but the neutral recipient of every color. Footnote 3. I'll be anconani color mai in potniricity the dogni color white is not a color. But the neutral recipient of every color. Leandad. Alberti, della Pedra, Libro I asserts on the contrary, I'll be anco non sono very colori, ma sono alteracioni degli altri colori, education ja and idschek, page 67, Vienna 1877, when it is seen in the open air a.